Hi, welcome to the Juno Files. Jim Juno here, and I am talking today with Mark Shaw. He has a new book out called Collateral Damage, The Mysterious Death of Marilyn Monroe, Dorothy Kilgallen, and the Ties that Bind Them to Robert Kennedy and the JFK Assassination. Mark, welcome to the Juno Files. Hey, thanks so much. Now, let me let me ask you how you came about. Now, you've written several books, and I want to educate the listeners for a moment, for the younger listeners, because um, the, everybody knows Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy, but Dorothy Kilgallen was one of the premier women reporters in the nation and also a star on the t- well, a guest on the TV uh, show, uh, What's My Line? And um, so she was very, very well known in the late 50s, early 60s. So, mm-hmm. but how did how did this book come about? Go ahead. How did this book come about? Well, it's it's quite interesting, Jim, because I didn't intend to uh, write it. Um, I had written uh, a book called The Poison Patriarch about the jo- uh, JFK assassination. That's what interested me first. And uh, in that book, I, uh, I I pointed towards the 1960 election when well, interesting where you live. This all fits in. Uh, in 1960, uh, JFK was going to lose the election to, to Richard Nixon. And uh, his father, Joe Kennedy, decided they had to win two states. So one of them was uh, Virginia, one of them was Illinois. And if they won those, they could win the election. Well, he called in some of his uh, underworld friends from the old days when he was a book legger, and uh, they helped him uh, win those two states. And they won the election. But Joe had kind of made a, a deal with the devil in that if they won, then he would leave alone those mafioso. There wouldn't be any investigations of, any, of them anymore. But uh, immediately when uh, when Bobby Kennedy was appointed attorney general, he went after them. And you can't mess around with those guys. And as I proved in the first book, uh, basically, in my opinion, uh, Bobby's enemies were the ones who orchestrated the deaths of, uh, a death of uh, JFK. Uh, because they wanted to render Bobby powerless as Attorney General, and frankly, that's exactly what happened. So I had covered all that in the first book. Then I learned about Dorothy Kilgallen, an amazing woman, a uh, remarkable woman. You touched a little bit on it, but yes, she was uh, um, really the star of, uh, of What's My Line, which was an intellectual quiz show. Uh, those shows are now all over the Internet. People can watch uh, Dorothy in, in action. They gained guest uh, people's unusual occupations. Uh, but also, she had a newspaper column uh, in New York, uh, syndicated to 200 newspapers across the country. She covered the Dr. Sam Shepard murder, murder case, uh, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping case, and also then investigated the JFK assassination. She was a friend of JFK's. When he died, uh, she flew to Dallas. She was at the uh, Jack Ruby trial. She was the only one who interviewed him. And then she uh, was writing a book for Random House exposing who she believed was involved in the JFK assassination, and that was one mafioso, Carlos Marcello, uh, in New Orleans. Well, in 1965, just as she was getting ready to publish that book, she was found dead in her apartment, uh, well, her townhouse, really, in New York City, uh, in a bedroom she never slept in, uh, wearing her makeup, eyelashes, and uh, hairpiece she never wore to bed, uh, clothes she never wore to bed. Uh, it was basically a staged death scene, but they decided that she had overdosed, the medical examiner gave that verdict, and uh, there was no investigation of her death. So I, I, I worked on that uh, book, and, and it became a bestseller, as a matter of fact, The Reporter Who Knew Too Much. I followed it up with a book called Denial of Justice, which introduced the Ruby trial transcripts and some other information about the JFK assassination. And frankly, Jim, I was done. 
but an awful lot, of, you know, there's almost two million views of my uh, presentations and interviews about those books up on YouTube, and and I kept, you know, I've heard from so many supporters and readers around the world, uh, just as I have this morning uh, with regard to the new book, and and they had a main question: Was there a uh, connection between the deaths of Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Kilgallen? Now, people really won't remember, maybe some people, the young people, uh, don't know at all, but Marilyn Monroe uh, died in uh, August of 1962, JFK died in November of 1963, and then Dorothy Kilgallen was killed in uh, November of 1965. Forty months, uh, only 40 months existed between those three deaths. So uh, I, I started to look into this to see if there was a connection, and the first thing I found was that, yes, uh, Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Kilgallen were good friends. Mar uh, Dorothy had written about her in a column. As a matter of fact, just before uh, Marilyn, was, uh, Marilyn died, she had written a column that I have in front of me called Marilyn Monroe Has Hollywood Talking Again, and that Marilyn's health was improving. She'd been attending parties and all this. Uh, she was cooking in the sex appeal uh, department uh, with a man who's... Um, uh, proved vastly alluring to a handsome gentleman who is a bigger name than Joe DiMaggio, who was one of her uh, husbands, and so don't write off Marilyn is finished. And so it talked about her being on the upswing. Well, the official verdict in Marilyn's death was that she died of a probable suicide uh, over, you know, taking too many um, barbiturates and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I kind of bought that like everybody else did. But uh, And I might have stopped there, except that uh, I found a very disturbing column then by, by, um, by Dorothy Kilgallen just before, a few days before, uh, you know, I mean, a few days after Marilyn died. And basically what Kilgallen did is that she, you know, she was such a great reporter and, you know, curious as, 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 like you are and like I am. And so she wrote this column and started asking all the questions, these questions about the death. Uh, why was Marilyn's uh, light on in her bedroom when she slept in the dark? Why was she found in the nude when she never slept that way? Um, why was the door locked when she never door, uh, light, uh, you know, locked her door? Uh, if she supposedly took 50 barbiturate pills, then uh, how could she have taken those early in the evening and then taken all that time to have died? Uh, that didn't make sense to her. Some other things as well. And so it really bothered me. Uh, that that Marilyn, uh, you know, that uh, Dorothy was asking these questions, and I thought, you know, I'm going to look further into this and see what happens. So the first thing that really tweaked my curiosity uh, was looking at the um, the uh, autopsy, because the first verdict made as to what happened to, to Marilyn was that it was acute barbiturate poisoning in an overdose, and then just a few days later they changed it to probable suicide. Well, I wanted to know why that was. So I started looking into the forensics with regard to Marilyn's autopsy, and there were things in there that didn't make a lot of sense. The uh, medical examiner who uh, examined her body uh, said that he made mistakes. He forgot to examine some organs that she had. And by the time he figured that out, those organs had been destroyed and all kinds of uh, problems with regard to that, that autopsy. And so it really led me to believe that uh, there, there could have been foul play and that Marilyn Monroe could have been murdered. So I started uh, looking around to see exactly what was her state of mind before she died. And uh, the first thing that I found out was, of course, and most people remember this, that she had an affair with uh, the president, John F. Kennedy. Right. And uh, I looked into that, and uh, yet, uh, yes, she did, but it was a very short-lived affair. 
Uh, Joe Kennedy told uh, JFK, look, you can't be messing around with that movie star. You're going to run for office again in 64. You need to get out of that. And so he did. So that left me with, well, who was this man that was bigger uh, in life than Joe DiMaggio? And I turned right away to Bobby Kennedy. Very few people uh, remember, and I did not, that she had the affair with Bobby Kennedy. We remember she had the affair with JFK after she sang happy birthday to him and all that kind of stuff, but we don't remember Bobby Kennedy. Well, I got into that. And the first thing I found was a letter from Jean Kennedy Smith, who was the um, uh, sister of, of uh, JFK, and, and I'll read it. Understand you and Bobby, this is to Marilyn, understand you and Bobby are the new item. We all think you should come with him when he comes back east. So it got me to thinking that, hey, even Gene Kennedy Smith knew of the affair. And then I found a CIA document that really uh, lit me up in terms of, of the whole thing. It reads, Robert Kennedy has been having a romance and a sexual affair over a period of time with Marilyn Monroe. He had met her for the first date be arranged by his sister and brother-in-law. Robert Kennedy has been spending much time in Hollywood uh, during the last part of 1961 and 62 in connection with him trying to have a film made. He was deeply involved emotionally with Marilyn and repeatedly promised to divorce his wife and marry Marilyn. And then it goes on to say, eventually Marilyn realized that Bobby had no intention of marrying her and about that time and so on and so forth. So that got me to really thinking about, wait a minute, uh, she had this love affair with Bobby Kennedy. If he told her that he was going to divorce Ethel, uh, and, and leave his wife and children to marry her, she would have just been uh, on top of the world. Marilyn was always looking for love in her life. She had a terrible childhood, was unloved by her, her mother and, and uh, father and all of that. She was always looking for love, and that would have put her on top of the world. But I give this visual in the book of what it must have been like, because what really happened was that finally, just as JFK had dumped her, Bobby Kennedy did too. She started... Uh, he started not, uh, you know, returning her calls to the attorney general's office and all of that. And I have this visual where I can see Marilyn sitting by the phone. She's called him. Uh, he, he's supposedly in love with her. He was there in the summer of 62 at her home. They were having sexual relations. He was promising everything. And all at once, once he won't take her calls. She had to have been devastated. Her heart broken. I can see her crying sitting right there. So all of that led me to believe that, hey, I need to, to look into even more what Bobby Kennedy was doing at the time. And another CIA uh, document, dated August 3rd of 62, the day before Marilyn died, um, really was the smoking gun here, as, as we might call it, because in there it talked about the love affair between Marilyn and Bobby. But apparently what happened was that there was an event uh, where there was a party at a hotel up near Lake Tahoe, where both Bobby Kennedy and Jack Kennedy were there. Jack um, Frank Sinatra was there. There were other people there. And Marilyn got the feeling that they were going to pass her around. And she told uh, one of her friends, I feel like I'm a piece of meat for the Kennedys. And she made quite a mistake, and it led to her death. She said, Jim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the media with this. I'm going to tell them about you, Kennedys. And in this CIA document, it says the subject, Marilyn, threatened to hold a press conference and would tell all. But if that wasn't enough to frighten Bobby Kennedy in terms of his, his love affair being exposed, the CIA uh, document says the subject, Marilyn, made references to her knowing about bases in Cuba and the type of plan the President of the United States had to kill Fidel Castro. So obviously, whether it was pillow talk or the Kennedys tried to impress her, whatever it might have been, 
they had shared with her uh, basically national security secrets. And so if you're in Bobby Kennedy's mind, I thought, wait a minute, you know, he can't let this woman go to the press. There's no way. If, 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 he, if that was exposed, not the love affair is bad enough, but the fact that he and his brother were telling her uh, national security secrets, that can't happen. So what I did is to try to piece together looking at a motive as to how Bobby Kennedy could have decided to silence Marilyn so that she could never go to the media. So I started by looking to see if he was around when she died on August 4th. He had an alibi that he was in San Francisco, but I very quickly was able to destroy that alibi. Uh, I found a, a ledger over at 20th Century Fox where it said a helicopter landed, and there was Bobby Kennedy and Peter Lawford, his brother-in-law, um, you know, uh, landing, and then, and then it was a police officer who arrested them, or was going to arrest them for speeding in L.A., and there was Bobby again. So I knew that Bobby was in L.A., and what I was able to discover was that uh, Bobby and, and Peter Lawford uh, went to Marilyn's home uh, on that evening and begged her not to go uh, to the media with what she knew, that he was going to straighten himself out and all these other kind of things and made these promises. And basically she said, I don't care what you do, I'm tired of it, I'm going to the media. And as a, a, a real credible witness told me, the moment that she threatened to do that, she was dead. Yeah, I can imagine. They can't let that out. Amen. No, no, now, they did, can't. How did um, the um, – now, that, that ties Robert F. Kennedy and John F. Kennedy to Marilyn Monroe, and it ties Dorothy Kilgallen to Marilyn Monroe. How does, right. how does it, it tie uh, Dorothy Kilgallen and – RFK. Well, basically, you know, when she wrote that column about um, Marilyn's uh, doing much better, you know, she's on the upswing. She's got a new man in her life. Uh, later on, I was able to find that find out that, that that's exactly what she meant. The, the new man in her life that had a bigger name than Joe DiMaggio was Robert Kennedy. And she also believed, I found out, and I'm glad you asked the question, that she believed that the last person to talk with Marilyn Monroe before she died was Robert Kennedy. So Bobby was kind of the, uh, the uh, when I, it's kind of like a, a giant jigsaw puzzle that I had. And, and I want to uh, tell you that, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life, and maybe you have two kind of ass backwards, but I really did that here because normally you would go ahead and you would investigate uh, Marilyn's death first, since she died first, then JFK, then Dorothy. But I had investigated JFK's death, then Dorothy's, and then Maryland's. But lo and behold, when I did that, a window to, the, to what I believe is the truth opened up where I learned, uh, you know, what happened to Maryland, but also more about what happened to JFK and Dorothy Kilgallen. And basically it was Bobby Kennedy's abuse of power uh, from the moment he became attorney general uh, with his, uh, you know, his brother, uh, you know, being killed because of his actions toward the mafia. Then he's involved in the death of, uh, of, of, of Marilyn Monroe. And so what I've, I've concluded in the book, basically, is that if Bobby Kennedy would have been prosecuted in 1962 for his complicity in uh, Marilyn's death, and I can tell you what that complicity amounted to, if he would have been prosecuted, then um, there would have been no reason to have the, you know, he would have been powerless. He would have had to resign as attorney general and all of that. So Bobby's enemies, who basically killed JFK to render Bobby powerless, would not have had to do that because he would already have been powerless. Thus, there would have been, a, have been no JFK assassination. And further on, 
1965, there would have been no death of, of, Marilyn, of, of Dorothy Kilgallen because she would not have investigated the JFK assassination. There wouldn't have been one. So basically, there was collateral damage that cost the lives of JFK, Marilyn, and Dorothy based on Bobby, Bobby Kennedy's actions. Wow. That's amazing. Now, I mean, now, of course, you can't give away your sources. You're, you know, you're a journalist. You, you, know, you protect your sources. Yeah. How high up are, were these sources, though, if you don't mind me asking? Well, what I, what I do with my, my books, and I'm sure you do that with your work as well, I, I, I don't speculate. I use primary sources. I didn't use any articles or books that were any later than 1965 because I wanted them to be current, and, and I found amazing uh, material written uh, by two or three authors at the time and one man who wrote a, 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 a newspaper article uh, who knew everybody, and, and it had in there their sources, and those sources were people that were very close to Marilyn, uh, that, that knew her very well and, and could could give a feeling for what her mental makeup was, uh, you know, before she died. Uh, and they were all upset, uh, you know, like Dorothy was, that there wasn't an, an investigation because there was no, uh, there was no evidence that she really had a drug problem or that she was suicidal. And then Bobby Kennedy's good friend, the police chief of, of Los Angeles, cooperated by appointing, uh, by not investigating Marilyn's death, just as Dorothy's hadn't been investigated. And he appointed a three-panel psychiatrist group to look into Marilyn's mental state. Predictably, they came back and said she had all these mental problems and could be suicidal, and they closed the case. And, and that was it. Now, I've written to the, uh, a letter to the Los Angeles County District Attorney, George Gaston, with the, the book with uh, 300 pages of evidence about Marilyn's death. Uh, all the things that I know about it and all of that and ask him to reopen the investigation because just like Dorothy in 65, Marilyn in 62 never got the justice that she, that she deserved. It always stunned me that, that she was, um, that, uh, Marilyn was, was found, uh, basically, well, like you said, she was found in the nude and that she never slept that way and she made a phone call to Peter Lawford, is that correct? That's well, that, 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 that has to be speculation, unfortunately. Again, you know, if, if, the, if the police department had done their job and gone to the, uh, the phone company and got records of those calls and everything else like that, you, you know, that would that have been, been definite proof of who she talked to, the, you know, that night or what she did. Now, there's speculation that she supposedly called him. But really, when I found out that Peter Lawford and, and Bobby Kennedy were in L.A. that night, it just amazed me. Uh, and so they went over there and they begged her not to go to the media. She said no. And then I believe in the book that I've given a plausible, uh, you know, account as to how it may have happened. Bobby Kennedy would not have, uh, been in her home when she died and, and actually put her to death. So my belief is that he rounded up some operatives, uh, from whomever. And those operatives went to the, uh, to Marilyn's home that night, knocked on the door, probably uh, put her in a staggering sort of way with giving her chloroform or whatever, as I say. And then they went ahead and, uh, you know, used barbiturates to poison her. Uh, but they weren't ingested. I've been able to prove they weren't ingested. Uh, they were they given to her in a different form. Uh, I used a couple other clues, uh, one about a fresh injury that she had to her hip that was in the autopsy that probably came from whoever dragged her away from the door into the ba into the bedroom. And then there's the, the curious uh, situation with her housekeeper. That was my next uh, question. When, the, when yeah. the police got there, she was doing the wash. She was at the washing machine in the middle of the night, which made no sense. And so 
I put all that together, and I think I've given the reader, you know, my books books are stop and think books, and I've been hoping, you know, I'm hoping I have resolved three true crime murder mysteries in this book. So I want people to make up their own mind uh, in terms of what my theories are, and 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 hopefully they'll come up with some their uh, come up with some themselves. And I was going to ask about her housekeeper because didn't her housekeeper just suddenly go to go to Europe for a trip after after the death? Uh, that was, uh, you know, the housekeeper, uh, there was a, a woman that acted as her publicist. That's right. Uh, Newcomb was her name, and I believe she's the one who actually, first of all, she uh, went back in and uh, got a job in uh, Massachusetts uh, dealing with the Kennedys and then into a federal job, and then I think she's the one that may have taken off to Europe, but also the housekeeper did shortly thereafter. Uh, you know, the powerful uh, manner of the Kennedys with the money and with the power, uh, you know, if you, if, if you were involved in any way with, uh, with what happened to Marilyn, uh, you were going to be scared to death. And so you would have gotten out of there and gotten away from all of this. Uh, but it, it's, just, it's just really unfortunate. I humanize both Marilyn uh, and, and Dorothy and JFK in the book because I really want people to think about what we lost, Jim. Uh, we lost a president who had, a, you know, who knows what he would have done in the future, the space program and civil rights and all of that. Yeah, no, yeah. He never was able to play with the two little children of his. Marilyn, all she wanted to be was a mother, and she hoped to marry uh, Joe DiMaggio after, you know, things fell through with, uh, with Bobby. That never happened. Dorothy Kilgallen was a mother of three and would have had a great career as a journalist, but uh, they were all killed at an early age, Marilyn at 36. Uh, JFK at 46 and Dorothy at 52. That's amazing. Well, Mark Shaw is the author. The new book is called Collateral Damage, The Mysterious Death of Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Kilgallen and the Ties That Bind Them to Robert Kennedy and the JFK Assassination. Mark, I really want to thank you for being on the Juno Files today. Well, thank you. And, you know, this is all about history. I'm a historian. This is all about history. But it's because of people like you, Jim, that uh, that this story, you know, the story that I've told in the book will get out, and uh, you know, hopefully people can uh, make up their own mind about what happened. But you know, uh, it, it, you know, anyone, you know, every, everyone who would be involved in a in a crime like this, uh, where where Marilyn Monroe was killed, needs to be held accountable. And I want people to think about that. Uh, Bobby Kennedy did a lot of good things in his life, but uh, in my opinion, uh, he should have been charged with murder in two thousand in in 1962. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Mark. I'm Jim Juno. That's the Juno Files for now.